At last, the circle is now complete. When we left you, it was but the prequels. Now we are the originals. Rogue One, A New Hope, Episode 34. Hit the music! I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star. I'm your rogue leader, electrifying force sensitive that toes the line of balance, Thomas Carter Rochester, and I'm joined by the greatest minds the Rebellion has to offer. Up first, our master of chaos, pod racing enthusiast, king of the heart, the Klein Felt. So we're like, I don't know, 27, maybe 28 seconds into this whole thing. And I'm already derailing us, guys. I got a Top Gun 2 story for you. Still have not seen the movie. (laughs) I just saw this and I couldn't, I knew, I'm like, I need to tell my boys. I need to tell them. They need to know. So on the set of Top Gun 2, Miles Teller, you all know Miles Teller, right? Fantastic. Never heard of him. Reed Richards, great guy. Um, Anyways, during filming, up in the plane a lot. He's starting to feel sick being in the plane so much. They take a blood test. Oh no, Miles Teller has minute bits of jet fuel in his blood. Has to take the day off, goes home, sleeps it off, comes back the next day. Tom Cruise being like, Miles, what's going on? Where were you yesterday? Miles says, Tom, I have jet fuel in my blood. Tom Cruise puts his hand on Miles Teller's shoulder and says, me too, son, me too. In his veins. (laughs) That is all. Carry on. Scarif native and Anakin's favorite Padawan, Jacksonville Pews. Stay on target. Stay on target. Klein. That was going to be my cool intro, by the way, Klein. You kind of derailed the whole thing because you went on like a minute-long <laughs> Top Gun story. It fits beautifully. And, of course, the uh, hater of animation, David the Box Office Thompson, is not with us. As Klein said, he was up in Maryland eating some ice cream, and then all of a sudden, boom, fell into the Sarlacc toast pit. On today's show, we enter the original trilogy through the masterpiece of Rogue One in our supreme leading cameo topic. And we will cover Star Wars A New Hope, the original! Of the original, the baby. The start of it all in our supreme leading flagship topic. But before all of that, let's check in with the smartest execute order 66 of this podcast. Fellas, how are you faring in your part of the galaxy? Let's start off with the ha 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 hoth report. It's not hot. It is. We are in Mustafar right now, guys. It is so warm. I am so hot. I'm. I'm not like Thomas. I won't. I. I. I put a shirt on for both of you today. I was not wearing a shirt all day long, and so I've got my Batman shirt on. Um, but I. It is warm. I have a fan very, very close to the microphone. So if you do hear any humming, I'm just trying to stay cool. Uh, it is. It's hot. It's hot. How are you doing, Jack? What's going on? You have a new background, Jack. I would like for you to explain. I do. I do. Ha- I have a new background. 
Yeah, well, I bought a new place in Scarif. Uh, There's a lot of like explosions in the one place I was living at. Uh, a lot of bad connections, uh, bad bad wireless connection. So had to had to go and get a new place. Moved into a new apartment with the fiance Alana. She's in this room over here. Um, but yeah, I'm doing good. Hey, Batman, you have a Batman shirt on, Klein. Remember Batman? That was a good movie. I can't believe I was really thinking about that movie. the other day. I can't believe that was this year. Like I that know, feels so long ago. That was oh, like wild, man. four less than four months ago, right? Some would say the best months. comic book movie of the year. Mm-hmm. By far. I am I am one of those people. Same. It is the greatest Batman film. Can you believe that we got the greatest Spider-Man film and the greatest Batman film of all time? In I like don't know if it's the three greatest months of each other? Batman film, but it's <laughs> definitely up there. Are we changing Supreme Leading Topics? <laughs> we are not. <laughs> uh, I've been doing well. I've been hanging out with my nephew. I've been pulling a, a Luke Skywalker before he saw Visions of the Dark Side and hanging out with my Ben Swolo of a nephew. Uh, and yeah, things are going good. I've, uh, I've, I'm also just going to tell everyone right off the top. I have committed myself to reading every single comic book set in between the movies. We are now about to go through a new hope. Then 25 issues of Vader, 25 issues of star Wars empire strikes back and repeat the process. Holy banana balls can i just say there's so much good stuff going on after the like right after a new hope and i'm having a lot of fun now if marvel unlimited could get their crap together i'd be much happier because like thomas the tie fighter i'm trying to keep him at bay today all right i don't want to rant too much but i mean i was on i was halfway through vader 18 and then out of out of freaking nowhere Oh, wow. Klein's just showing off. Yeah, well, go to Darth Vader number mine, 18. Mine works really well. I mean, go to, I, Dar- go to I Darth know. Vader number 18 and tell me if the images show up, because if they do, I'm revolting. And if they don't, thank God, because that's what's happening. Is, is this Star Wars Darth Vader? No, just Star Darth Wars, Vader. D- Star Wars no, Darth, just Vader, Darth Vader. Just Darth 18, Vader. 2015. <laughs> Not Star Wars Darth Vader. The 2018. No, I'm looking for the 2015. That's where I'm at. Ah, that's the I see hope. where you're at. Again, Marvel, get your naming conventions together. There's <laughs> Star Wars Darth Vader, and then there's two just Darth Vaders as well. Come on, guys. Um, yeah, anyways, same to you, Disney Gallery. 18. So that's 2016, actually. It's the one with it's got like it's it's got a cover of Vader with some stormtroopers yep, in the back. That's it. Read issue. So first. if I read issue, what? Oh, it says I'm not logged. It says I I've definitely <laughs> paid for it. <laughs> How anticlimactic. Hey, Thomas, real quick. Yes. You said you watched Obi-Wan before Rogue One? I did. Very quick thoughts on the second time watching it. Go. Very quick. It could have been a movie. Don't you dare let David I know. Thompson hear that, Thomas. I, I'm cutting it. I'm cutting it because uh, I hate it, but... I Write watched it, down, it and I'm like, ep- episode one was great. Episode two was great. Episode three was the greatest of those three. And then episode four, Jack, I skipped entirely. I wanted to get right. It was getting See? late. And I was like, I want Vader. I'm not here for these stupid, you know, gum larkin Bantha inquisitors over here. I'm here for Vader. So I, I went straight to five and six, and then I went from right right from six right into Rogue One. 
Amazing. I did the same thing, Thomas. And I will say it was a really good show. I wish it was great. Um, I disagree with you a little bit in that for me, episodes one, two, five, and six just crushed so hard for me. And then the middle is kind of where it, it gets a little dragged down. I love Deborah Chow. I just think some of the directorial choices she made, mm, I'm a little iffy on. But then again, I think she was constrained a little bit by the TV budget. Going back to uh, should have been a movie. Uh, sorry, guys, I have to give David the credit there. But my biggest takeaway, and we'll, it's the last one, I promise. <laughs> Klein, you look so depressed. He's like, God damn it, we're going to be here for three hours. I'm um, going to be completely honest. I was 3,000 miles away there. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's okay, Klein. It's okay. Don't worry about it. We don't need to get off track anymore. But I will say, I had a, an epiphany. So they originally had Stuart Beatty on to write this trilogy. Uh, trilogy of movies for Obi-Wan, as we learned uh, through the Directs exclusive with Nathan Johnson. Shout out, Nathan. You rock. He went to he, he went to Galaxy's Edge recently, uh, which he said was amazing. Um, they hired Beatty, and then they switched it to a TV show and hired Hossein Amini. I think that's his name. And then whatever happened, they were having some creative differences. They, they hired Joby Harold as the main writer. And Harold, I think, tried to weave together all these different parts of these of his story along with Amini's and Beatty's and tried to just, yeah, weave them together. And for me, I, I just don't feel like he did a great job of doing that. I mean, as much as I wanted him to, uh, I think it's a tough task in general to try to, you know, merge those three together. So um, that's, you know, it fails in a lot of areas, specifically the plot. Uh, and that middle section for me, but still really good show. And five and six, oh my gosh, wreck me, especially going straight into Rogue One. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the greatest Star Wars movie oh of all time, yep, tip in my hand. We're going to jump right into it in our Supreme Leading Cameo Topic. Why is it cameo? Because we're supposed to stay less than 15 minutes on it, ah, just like Captain America in Infinity right. War. And gonna, also, it's supposed we're gonna to... We're going to Ralph Boner it. Yeah, we are. Rogue One. Uh, I have I have some very short notes. Um, I just want to get through them. Uh, in the same line that we get a Carabast curse on, on Scarif, that same character turn around, turns around, looks up, and canonizes the pronunciation at at. You're welcome, Klein. This movie is a five star film before the Vader hallway scene, and I genuinely, I, I always, everyone always looks at the end, but I kind of forgot how good this film was without that scene. It ends without that scene, and I'm still making it my favorite Star Wars movie, and that's something that I I didn't quite fully remember. I would give it six stars if Letterboxd would allow me, 100%. I would not care. Um, and it's interesting that this movie was based on a scroll and is the best film of the saga, where Phantom Menace is arguably the worst film of the saga and could have been a scroll. So we'll let that sink in. Um, Klein, what did you think of Rogue One? Well, I haven't I hadn't seen Rogue One in quite a while, so it was awesome. I was excited to sit back down and watch it and just what a film, what a movie. I think that I'm a big like shots guy. Mm -hmm. I love I, I, the cinematography of this film is is insane. It is so good. This is I think I might say it's the prettiest Star Wars movie, 
I think the only thing giving it a run for its money would be Last Jedi because there's some stuff yeah. in there that is pretty mm-hmm. incredible. But oh just like the I I'm I love how this film, this movie, I keep calling it a film because it is a film, but this movie, this flick cinema. I keep I keep thinking or I, it amazes me that they give you this bunch of characters, none of which have lightsabers, I will say. And you love all of them by the end of it. All of them. And every time I watch it, I connect with a different one more. This time it was Bodhi for me. I hadn't really, like, like really, really committed myself to Bodhi before. And I, so I was watching it. I was like, I really, I don't know if it's where I am in my life or just where my head is at mentally. Like, I was just like, I like this Bodhi, dude. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I love the cast of characters. Um, I think Jin is such a cool, I love that they killed all of them too. Like, that's the thing that I was worried about going into this movie. I can remember when it was coming up, um, was that I thought they can't like at at least Jin, I thought they might keep her alive, Mm -hmm. but I love that they killed him and everyone goes out in like poetic fashion. Everyone gets their moment. Uh, and dude, Diego Luna, Cassie and Andor, oh this move, watching this movie right now got me so much more excited for Andor, which I was getting excited. But watching this, mm-hmm. especially in that beginning part when he just like murders that dude and gives him yeah. the information, I'm like, give me, yeah, give me, give me that, give me that in a TV show. I'm so, I'm so in. I, I love this movie. Uh, but we'll have to talk about it when we get to rankings now, won't we? Jack, go right ahead. Yeah, last time I watched this movie was last year, the day before I found out I had COVID, the day before Black Widow came out, woke up the next morning with a fever. I was like, well, I probably have COVID. So uh, didn't like pay too much attention, like wasn't completely invested because I was, it, it was a rough time. Um, but this time, oh my God, it it hit so hard at so many moments. And like, of course, like the, the moments that we all think about, especially like Darth Vader Holloway scene. But like certain lines and the way they're delivered by Diego Luna um, or honestly, everybody in this cast, like the way they deliver some of these lines. And it's funny because like the character development for everyone besides um, Jin, it's not like a ton. It's very subtle. But there's these like one liners that they throw in there, a couple lines of dialogue. And that's all you need to really care about these characters. Like when you think about Bodhi, the last thing he says is this is for you, Galen. That's all I need. That's all because like I almost started tearing up at that point because it's like oh my gosh and yeah there's so much to love about this movie um, Thomas you know it, I think it's a it's a bold opinion to say this is your favorite one I mean it's all opinionated but it, that is bold but this is definitely a take that I completely completely respect because I think it was Matt said it when he was on this podcast he said Rogue One kind of represents everything that a new age Star Wars movie should be. And I'll leave it at yeah. that because it absolutely does. Agreed entirely. And it's not, it's my opinion is that it is, uh, it is the greatest Star Wars film of all time. Yeah, here we go. But the ranking is that it's also my favorite Star Wars film of all time. So one nice. is like a ranking thing, but I genuinely, this is everything I want in a Star Wars movie done to perfection. And it's insane that it even exists like it's totally insane this was right after force awakens like that's crazy we we had the highest of highs and then 
I don't think Last Jedi, I mean, Last Jedi is originally my number three Star Wars film, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't live up to Rogue One. Like, and that's saying a lot. I love Last Jedi. We all agree The Rise of Skywalker doesn't live up to these heights either. Everyone except David. I actually think David would live up to, he'd be like, yeah, it doesn't live up to these movies. But it's, it's insane that this movie exists, that it set up a show, and that it genuinely was the start of things to getting us to, I don't know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, where Vader is choking people in the street, snaps a child's neck, slays younglings. We finally see him kill younglings and the, making the joke about extending a lightsaber is no, no fun anymore. When someone's like, oh, my ass is Skywalker, what are you supposed to do? Now I'm sad. Now I'm sad. And I used to be making jokes because I was a 13-year-old when I saw that movie for the first time. Jack-Jack. Yeah, so quick question for you guys. Coming out of this movie in December of 2016, did you like it more or less off the bat than Force Awakens? Thomas, we'll go to you first if you can remember. Or I guess, you know, I'll go first because I asked the question. I didn't. I liked Force Awakens more. Like, I thought this movie was, like, really good. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I was in love with Force Awakens. And then, gosh, I forget when the turn happened. It might have uh, it might have been at the end of the sequel trilogy. And I think I – no, it was – I rewatched the Skywalker saga, including Rogue One, before Rise of Skywalker. And that's when I was like, man, this Rogue One movie is awesome. It's sick. So, I mean, everyone knows kind of where I'm at now. So, Thomas, do you remember? I – I, I I should have wore the shirt that I bought the night I saw that movie. Um, <laughs> that would have been poetry. I I do remember I was in Atlanta. I was filming, I was filming a project, and I went out Hey-o. with one of the people that I was filming with. Uh, it was it was uh, shout out Jimmy Ace Lewis uh, and his family. Jimmy. Uh, it was yeah Jimmy doing big things out there in the world. Kid, he's he's so young. He's younger than you, Jack. He. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm I'm dead serious. But we went and wow. saw Rogue One in the theater, and we're both just like, yeah, we love Star Wars. Like, let's all see what happens. And then we get to a point, and we're all like, this is so good. And then Vader <laughs> happens, and we're audibly going, oh my god, oh he's doing it, he's doing it. And we, I walk out, and I go, that could literally be my favorite Star Wars movie of all time. And I have no idea if it's true or not. But like, cause you know me, I love everything after the first watch including rise of skywalker so it's true i don't like it as much now but i loved it the first time i saw it and Same. i you know as time has gone on it is just it has cemented itself alongside the greatest of greats clino i had a similar experience to you thomas i rem- i mean i loved rogue one um seeing it in the theaters for the first time but or i mean uh, uh force awakens um, but Rogue One for me, seeing it in the theaters, I can remember every time I'd come home from college for Christmas break, we would usually go see a movie during that break. That was Force Awakens for me. That was Rogue One. That was Into the Spider-Verse. And they would usually be early in the day movies. And so a thing for us to do, do you guys have, I don't think you do. Do you have winners down in the States? It's winners? like a K winners. winners. It's like a, I don't think it's so. like a Kmart or like a TJ Maxx, Mm-mm. I guess. Not here no in Florida. Idea. You don't have a TJ. You don't have TJ Maxx. Oh, no, we do have a TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx. Okay, so not sorry. A, it's not like, a it's like a TJ Maxx. Okay. Okay. So there's one that I think it's actually owned by TJ Maxx now. Anyways, ah. um, we would go because it was usually me and my girlfriend now fiance 
and we would go and see that. And then, oh, we'll walk over to Winners and check. And I can remember sitting in Winners after Rogue One thinking, what the hell did I just watch? Like, especially coming off of the the Darth Vader scene where I was like, I, I, I didn't know that was possible. Like, it was one of those moments where I was like, I didn't know you could do that on a, on, on a screen. And it was, it's not my favorite Star Wars film. And every time I watch it, I think I do like it a little bit more. Uh, but it is a pretty special movie. It's definitely the best thing Disney has done since they bought Star Wars. I will say that. As film? Or no, overall. it is the it is the best Star Wars thing they have done. Hmm. I also ride with that. I and... disagree. Oh snap! <laughs> Jack's a huge Bad Batch fan. Massive. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably the biggest Bad Batch fan here, uh... if I'm being honest. Are we surprised? Um, are we going to do our two roses and a thorn? I think yeah, so. let's do it. Yeah. Two roses and a thorn. So how this is going to work is we do kind of want to be, this isn't a mainline Skywalker saga film. This is really based on a one line in the scroll for A New Hope. So what we're going to do here is we're just going to go around two roses and a thorn. Two things you liked, something you maybe didn't like, and then we can move on to A New Hope. Can I start? Yeah, go for it. So two things I like, they can be as big or small. They can just be little moments. Number one thing that I love about this film, we talked about the cinematography. There is a shot in this movie that I think about all the time, and it is the Star Destroyer floating above the Jetta City. Yeah. And like it just looks so cool. And I I it's I've never maybe thought that, oh, a Star Destroyer can kind of it's in orbit, I guess technically, like in atmosphere. And I just love how it's hanging there. I think that is so cool. Number two for me is and i always forget his name why do i why am i forgetting his name i gotta look up who what i gotta look up who i'm talking about very quickly chirut say the, is that how you say it yep chirut that's him chirut is every time i watch this movie i adore what donnie Yen did with him uh i think that he is such an amazing character without um, in a movie without jedi in it he is the closest thing we get and mm -hmm. i think that he's a better jedi or better portrayal of that than we've gotten in a very long time. And I want more of stuff like that. I really like what Donnie Ann did there. And then I will do my thorn. Um, I do think that the first act of this film moves very fast, very, very fast. It's like, we gotta get you introduced to the team. And I totally understand that. And the pacing isn't actually awful. The way they intersperse flashbacks and stuff like that kind of breaks it up a little bit. But a lot of the Jetta stuff happens very, very quickly. I will mm -hmm. say that. Uh, Jack, two roses and a thorn for Rogue One. Two rogues and a thorn. Ooh, good two one, Brian. Yeah, I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> that school's paying off. Um, I think my first, my first, like, I gotta, this is, it kind of envelops a lot of things, but I'm just gonna say the rebellion. The rebellion in this movie, it's, I mean, it's part of the reason why I love Star Wars Rebels so much, but there's just like an atmosphere and electricity with them but also a lot of intrigue and you're getting to see the inner workings of the rebellion you know you have cassian doing his spy stuff but then you also have the more political stuff when they have that round table speech and Jin's trying to motivate everybody They're like no we can't go against this um but this is also where like a ton of those lines hit when cassian says to Jin, welcome home when they're starting to go off i'm like oh yeah i'm like jumping on me i'm like i'm ready to go fight with them uh, another one is um, 
when Cassian says, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Because so sorry, Thomas. <laughs> that's okay. I, I love that line. <laughs> Because when he says that, that again, that's the other side of this rebellion is like, yeah, you get motivated, like I just said, and get jump off the couch at these great lines. But then you also get a line like that where you're like, I mean, also it reveals a ton about his backstory, but it's like, like, wow, like these people have sacrificed their lives, kind of sacrificed their morals in a lot of cases for this greater cause. And I just love that this, it's not the origins of the rebellion, but it's like the, it's their first victory as the scroll of a new hope says my other like is um i don't want to take somebody else's well i don't want to take thomas's just just, just do it i have okay. nothing written down yet uh orson krennic uh what's the actor's name what's the actor's ben name? mendelson and Mendel. oh, oh my god i love how much and i mean this with the utmost respect i love how much of a little bitch he is yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely um yeah i won't i won't get too much into that because it might take away some of thomas's stuff uh, dislike, and this is the controversial one. I know you guys are going to disagree with this. The score. I am not what the a fuck? fan of this. Well, okay, that's uh, that's an exaggeration. I am a fan of this score. It And as the movie goes on, it gets better to me. But you can tell Michael Giacchino had two weeks to score this movie because they had Alex- Alexandre Desplat, Desplat. I don't know how to say his name. They had someone else score this movie and whatever happened wasn't working out so they got michael giacchino in to score this in like two weeks or something and to me you could tell you could also tell at the beginning when they didn't have a scroll they didn't know quite like what to do and then you have the rogue one title card and it's got this like very bombastic out of nowhere music and i don't know it doesn't really hit for me in a lot of places there's all i wish they used the imperial march a little bit more um just just subtly i don't know like when we see the Death Star, we see Star Destroyers, uh, when we see Vader. Um, but yeah, the score, hit or miss at times. I do not disagree with you, Jack. I nice. think that, it, I think it's I think it's good. Yeah. I just think it could have been so much better. I wanted the next Imperial March, the next Star Wars theme, the next something that I'm going to think about for the rest of my life. And I don't find this score iconic. I find it is just kind of there. Um, and it does feel maybe it does Bingo. feel I understand it's it's up there like it is very like up and upbeat and kind of happy. Uh, and it is a movie about these people be, like making the ultimate sacrifice. But I do wish that it was a little a little more dour, maybe a little maybe a little more minor key sort of thing, um, just because it is a war story. It This is the mm-hmm. war in Star Wars and this movie everyone knows was a lot darker than what we got. Like they, they retooled the hell out of this movie mid production. That's, there was extensive reshoots done. Uh, and I, I, it, I think it is ultimately a better movie for it, but I think that the score doesn't quite fit. It doesn't feel perfect. It feels like it fits, but it doesn't feel perfect. Thomas is um, just like, he's I'm sub- I'm <laughs> genuinely <laughs> stunned because i think it is perfect for exactly what it is it's a star wars story it is so tangentially associated with everything that you know we do get the imperial march but we only get it when vader is marching and then it's a little twist and then it switches off and it goes into a princess leia theme like back to back because that's what's happening on screen that title is called hope by the way that track if you want to join my uh, Star Wars score bangers playlist over there on the Apple section of World, and I'll send it to you, Klein, if you use Spotify. Um, 100%, I've got 
I've got like the main themes that he has that he made, and then they're broken up just like all the other things he does in Spider-Man No Way Home or Thor Love and Thunder, the Batman, uh, etc. Michael Giacchino, Giacchino, how do you say his name? I always screw it up. Giacchino. I, Gia- I, I always say Giacchino, but G- he's a G. All I know that uh, he is. He's awesome. He, he has scored so many amazing yeah. things. Yeah, this might actually be my least favorite Michael Giacchino score now. I think because he, do, I mean, Giacchino, he's I've heard he's too. done so much. He's done Star Wars and Star Trek. He has his Star Trek and, stuff is and amazing. so much Marvel. So and much all, Marvel. So much. Marvel. He is Marvel now. Let's be honest. He's directing something. Yeah, he's he's directing Crazy. Werewolf by Night. Since December, four the four biggest comic book films have been scored by Michael Giacchino. King, King, Michael Giacchino, nailed it. Um, all right, he scored so, Cars too, guys. Well, we all have our pitfalls. <laughs> Ka-chow. Um, yeah, you took you took a lot of them. I'm just gonna say the scene with Vader and Krennic is. Oh a, yeah. I was wondering the whole movie the first time I saw it. I was like, does this guy even have power? Because the way that he's being like looked by, like cast aside by the moth like really makes me not like him and then he's just going and going and steadfast and then he has that scene with vader and the first time i saw it i was like oh i get it but in that like watching it this time i felt he was so much more restrained than i initially thought when i first saw the movie he is like he's like well i'm trying to do this wait a minute it came out of my facility well then jalen galen urso blah 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 he's like no this is going on. He goes, well, then I will go to Scarif myself or whatever. I can't remember where that scene falls. I think it falls there uh, after he's taken out uh, Galen Erso. But that that scene solidifies how damn good the character and the portrayal by Ben Mendelsohn is of Orson Krennic because he's going toe-to-toe with Vader talking and it comes down to Vader choking him. At the end, which we get a very sassy Anakin Vader line. Oh, I love that line. I love that line so much. Don't joke on your aspirations, director. Like, such a good line. Um, My number two, Rose. It's not written down. I'm just going to say the war on the beach. They are storming the beaches of Scarif. And when I when i think about this movie that's exactly what i think of the, the promotional material was all about this scare of escape uh, scare escape uh you've got a battle upstairs you got a battle on the ground then you've got the characters going to do their thing perfect three locations return of the jedi stage. sure and <laughs> just very much return of the jedi in that vein just i just i wanted to throw that and you, yeah, I was, I was going to say the other one and I couldn't remember the off the top of my head what uh, the other movie was that does it. Rise of Skywalker. Does it? I only remember two. Yeah, you have Rey and Kylo. You have the, the you have Poe on the horse things and then you have the ships. You mean Finn? On I guess. Finn, Finn on, on the, the horse things. things. Sorry. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Back to the Can't beach. Wait. The storming the beaches, man. Uh I just love this scene. It reminded me of Battlefront, the video games growing up, which is all I've ever wanted from Star Wars. And they gave it to us in this film. If I, this isn't my real thorn, but if I had a thorn, it wasn't that the whole movie was that. 
um, as a fan of war films, Saving Private Ryan, We Were Soldiers, all of that. Like the whole movie is basically a constant battle, breakdown, constant battle, anxiety, constant battle, anxiety. Um, so I could have used more than that. My real thorn is the CGI faces. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for, the, for the first time in literally ever, I noticed that uh real hard this time and it might be because it was in 4k but i was like wow those are those lips do not move enough and that's the only real thing that i truly notice i'm like those lips are those lips are very stiff you know what i'm saying it's like they're wearing a prosthetic a prosthetic i say um so that's rogue one what a it film is. we it will get rogue. to should we rank it where it is in the prequels are we all in agreement sure. that it's it's number one. It's, yeah, it's number one. Number one over the prequels. It is much better than. So, uh, quick, quick little thing, one. Michael J. or the writers of Obi Wan. Just want to say, you guys are masters just for getting on these projects. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is just how I feel when I watch some of this stuff. I love you guys. I love your work. Keep doing you because I know you guys are listening to this podcast as you should. Absolutely, and we are going to take a quick ad break, and. uh We'll see you on the other side. Hi, I'm Leah. And I'm Bethann. And we're She Will Rock You. She Will Rock You is a bi-weekly podcast about rock history. Each episode, we talk about an artist and their lives, but we do it a little differently. You see, we noticed there was a lack of ladies hosting music podcasts, so we wanted to fix it. And here we are, two badass millennial ladies talking about rock music our parents wouldn't let us listen to. As a bonus, you'll even get our beer recommendations at the end. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, don't don't do drugs! And we're back, hopping right off to our supreme leading flagship topic. With Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars and a new hope. Um, thoughts and feelings before we get into the notes of it all. We'll start with Jack Jack. Wow um where to start i mean watching this right after rogue one it and obi-wan shit i almost forgot about that like it, it's just a whole new perspective on it really i mean we had that since rogue one came out but even with obi-wan now and knowing leia's connection to obi-wan and just how this whole thing starts off you i'm not gonna say you care so much more about the rebellion but like like wow like you're already invested like, and I tried to transport, transport myself back to 1977, seeing it with my 18 year old dad at the time uh, on his double date where he fell asleep. And I'm like, how could you fall asleep during this movie? Like, it's just off the bat. It just goes, goes, goes. Here's another crazy thing about it. You don't even really meet the main character for a while. And that is Luke Skywalker. Like you start off with these two droids who are just like off doing their thing own thing c-3po's making all these stupid comments to r2d2 like and it's funny i watched an interview with george lucas said you know back in the original trilogy you know c-3po was the jar jar binks and everyone hated him and then you know i do these movies and now jar jar no one likes jar jar you know it's the same thing and i'm like well it's not quite the same thing uh because these jokes c-3po's comments to r2d2 actually like 
they play. You can tell there's a relationship there. You can feel the sass off of R2 coming off of it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, this is one of the best, if not the best, adventure fantasy movie of all time. I said it. Because wow. it's it's much more fantasy than it is sci-fi, sci-fi fantasy, whatever you want to call it. Um, it is the hero's journey. I You could say the hero's, hero's journey is in this movie, but then, of course, we know it's setting up this whole trilogy of uh, movies with Luke Skywalker. It is the entrance into this great big galaxy far, far away, and it never gets old. Klein. Can I call this movie perfect? Like, yes, you can. I think it might actually be perfect. It is. It's funny because watching it this time and for some reason this time it hit me so much harder than it ever has. And this is the Star Wars movie I've seen the most. I will say that just right here, right now. I love this film. It feels way more. It, it This is an adventure movie to me. This feels way more Indiana Jones than almost anything else in the Star Wars franchise. And I love that. Um, the thing that I really, really noticed watching this time was the pacing is just go 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 and the movie ends like it is it, i love i love that you are never five seconds away from something interesting to watch it might be the most perfectly paced film ever like it is there is no lull it just goes and i it's i adore it um shout out Mar- marcia martha lucas who uh was uh george lucas's wife who edited this movie and th- there are like comments that she really was the one who put this movie together in the sense of like making it what it was putting that pace in there as you said Klein. so yeah shout out to her because she rocks i will say that um it's funny watching it every time i watch it i'm like man like this movie it's this is so cliche and this and that but this like created the cliche in a lot of ways like this this was the mm-hmm. originator this was like oh this is so plain this is so vanilla ice cream but like it it, it it made ice cream like it, this is it made ice cream in the way that we know it. And I love that for it. I think that it is such a great contained story as well as setting up this galaxy. If they if if, if this had failed and this was all we ever got, like you would have had a good beginning, middle and end. This kind of would have been it. But we didn't, obviously, uh, and we're better for it. But I, I love A New Hope so much. Like I, I, I love this movie. I also love this movie and it hits way different. Like it hit different after rogue one. Like now I was like, wow. Okay. Like we got to get these plans out of here. Like there's urgency. There's urgency in these plans before when I watched it, I'm like, okay, whatever we have plans. Like I'm not too worried about it. Like it's, it's fine. I'm seven, whatever. And now rogue one comes out and I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. We got to get these plans like out there. We got to protect these plans. And then after Kenobi, I'm like, oh my God, she's got to get to Kenobi. She's got to get to Obi-Wan. She's got to meet Obi-Wan. Like, she's got to save Obi-Wan or Vicha Verche. So then we 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 just keep going, man. Like you said, Klein, it just goes. I've kind of forget- I got to the point where I was so tired because uh, I woke up and finished the climax of Rogue One and then turned right into A New Hope. When we got to the, the Death Star, I was actually less engaged at the very end and like the final battle i'm like we've made it like cool and it was just literally was just so much going on and it's nothing against the movie it's probably because i've seen it so many times and i'm like all right i've watched uh way too much star wars i have way too much to do i think i finished all of this on friday by the way like everything crazy uh, man 
Yeah, I, I I had a lot going on, so I had to crank it out <laughs> fast. Kenobi, Rogue One, and yeah, there's a lot. So I love this film. It is fantastic. It is it started the love of it all, man. And I have a lot of I got mostly tidbits of notes, you know. Um, not so you know me, like I could plot this out, but what's the fucking point? You've seen the movie, kids. Um, so the opening to me lands so different after Kenobi and Rogue One. Um, that when Vader shows up, I now see Anakin in the suit. Yeah. And, and now Good I'm call. scared. And now I'm scared for everyone around there because he's not the same Vader that we saw in Kenobi. Now mm -hmm. he's like, oh, the very end of Rogue One. Now I understand why he's coming in and he's, I want those plans. I want them alive. Like he's just ready to cut a head or all of their heads off. And I really just love the way it oozes off. It's funny, Thomas, how you say, like, this isn't the same Vader that we saw elsewhere. And you're right, because this Vader suit was made with, like, $17. Like, I love how dinky <laughs> everything in this movie looks. I, it, it it adds so much charm. Vader's yeah. suit, you can see in some close-up shots, like, the you can see the paint. Like, you can the, see that the there's, like, pieces yeah. of cardboard or plastic they've just painted over. I love that. And, like, that's my favorite thing about Star Wars as a whole is that it is this this used future i'll call it this worn future it's not bright and shiny and covered in glitz and glamour which the prequels i guess are but in this original trilogy it's dusty and it's dirty and it's grimy and and it it feels like lived in and i really really like that it's like instead of getting having a brand new beautiful 21st century modern chesterfield you have this old like torn love seat but it's got character and you have memories with it and that's the thing i like about star wars is when it drops you into this movie even in 1977 i'm saying this hypothetically i was not there but you feel like oh like stuff has happened here like there's stories here to be told there's stories that have happened there's stories that are going to happen uh and i really really like this about i really really like that about this movie it's something that I don't think I've ever felt in another movie where it just drops you in and it's like, oh, like this feels so lived in. This feels like there's these people have lives. What's that guy doing in the bar? What's this person doing? What's it? it I just love how deep it goes. All because it looks shitty and painted. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, uh, George Lucas, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you a million times, a thousand times, billion times over. Like, because he, he, this is, the only one of the original trilogy he wrote and directed mm -hmm. and he did a fantastic job. And uh, you can just tell how much of a genius he is in creating a world. And I mean, I, I, I mean, he, he created Indiana Jones with Steven Spielberg. He obviously continued working with star Wars. He doesn't really do much outside of like these kind of like franchises and producing, but he is a genius I mean, who comes up with this stuff? And and then if you like read into some of the old drafts of what a, a New Hope was gonna be, it's like this man's mind is all over the place, and I love it because it gave us this movie. George Lucas is just I I, I can't I can't even imagine what's going on in his head. This movie is an inspiration. It's inspired me. Obviously, I mean, the first time I saw it and kind of getting into it, Klein, with what you said about how it feels lived in and that there's a history here. The the one line that Obi-Wan says that like I get chills every time is or I guess when Luke says um, 
that the droid or that the message from Princess Leia is like uh, mentions Obi Wan Kenobi, and there's that little twinkle in the music and John Williams' score, and Obi Wan's just like, oh shit, like it's all happening now. And if you watch the prequels, if you watch Obi Wan Kenobi the show, and if you watch Rogue One, you all know what like what that look on his face is, and it's just and that moment has given me goosebumps since I was six years old, and I'm just like, oh, awesome. And yeah, it created, like you said, client, it created this whole history and this whole world and that, that was always there. We're just being thrust into it now. And we're with a character who everything's new to him. Um, it's just, it, there's a reason why this movie is one of the best movies of all time. Planet. I will say you mentioned Obi-Wan, you mentioned Luke, the cast of this film is like instantly I am buying into every single one of you, whether it is Leia and Leia instantly a badass. Like the, like the first time you meet her, she's going up against this dude in this sick ass helmet. And then when she finally meets the crew and they're saving her quote unquote, she's snarky with them. And like, like you're short for a stormtrooper. Like, I love that. I love Luke. Uh, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker is just, is so good in this movie particularly like say what you will about the sequel trilogy and wherever that goes and drinking blue milk green milk i guess um but like in this movie like he's immediately you're just like i love this guy like i am i am rooting for him then you have of course harrison ford han solo like maybe like if darth vader is like the most iconic movie character of all time i'd say han solo is up there as well (laughs) Uh, just and that's just oh, yeah. Harrison Ford being cool. You have Chewbacca, you have the droids, of course. Like everyone in this film is just so great. Even little characters like the Jawas. I love the Jawas <laughs> on Tatooine. The Sand People, the Tusken Raiders, they instantly are like have personality. I just there is no fluff and everything. Everyone hits in this. The cast is so good. Alec Guinness. I need to mention Alec Guinness. Like he got nominated for I an think, Oscar for this. I, I he was an Oscar winning actor before this and mm-hmm. I, and lucas got him somehow and he brings such a legitimacy to this film and that's coming from me who've never who's never seen another alec guinness movie but just <laughs> the way that he looks into luke's eyes and the way he acts i'm like man like this guy is buying this this guy isn't just like oh yeah i'll take the paycheck or whatever like he is there and he is in it he he loves being on that camera in this movie uh, it's the cast is absolutely amazing thomas i have no idea we're just kind of jumping around but i don't know what you want to touch on you well, want to touch on? i just Jack. had a quick thing about alec guinness um speaking of that client you're right like with the look in his eyes sometimes the way he looks at luke and the characters it's as if he looked into george's mind and saw the prequels and saw obi-wan kenobi in the show because like i said you just see it all there somehow some way even though it technically wasn't but he got alec guinness on this because alec i mean he he as you said, Oscar-winning actor, uh, very esteemed actor, and he didn't want to do this. And I think they did give him a pretty hefty paycheck. But George also got him because he said he was a big uh, – Alec Guinness was a big Lord of the Rings fan um, of those books, and George said this character is Gandalf. And that's what kind of reeled Alec Guinness into playing Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, yeah, shout out him. I I don't know how many Oscars it was nominated for, but he absolutely, I don't even need to see every movie from 77 to know he deserved it for this because he, he just crushes. I love the little nuances that he has. That's been there for almost 50 years at this point. And now like everything else that's happened, you see it in a different way. 
uh, you know, when whenever Leia popped up on screen and I watched him, I'm like, okay, like he's very, he very much knows who this is. He very is a, very aware of who Princess Leia is. And now I'm like, he looks, he always looked concerned, but now it's like, oh God, he looks straight up afraid. Like we have to protect her. We have to do this. This is the thing that's happening. And I've listened to uh, his chapter with Qui-Gon in, from a certain point of view, which is set, I'm pretty sure set around the time the droids land on Tatooine which like, you know, a day before he shows up and has to go save Luke, basically. Yeah, like 12 uh, hours. Something like it, it, legitimately. And it's a whole, it's in, it's very interesting to see. He's like, I have to do it. We're almost there and blah, blah, blah. But uh, Qui-Gon's literally telling him, like, he's like, oh, we'll be united soon. And he's like, not soon enough. I don't think I've done enough. He's like, but I'm ready to help the boy and I can feel that I'm about to be called. And Qui-Gon's like, I'll see you soon, my old Padawan. And like, that's how the chapter ends. So starting this whole thing with Alec Guinness, uh, basically I'm like, yeah, he just talked to Qui-Gon. Like, cool. Like he's, you can see it. He's ready. Oh, look, Luke. Oh, Luke, I'm saving you. And he says, I don't remember this. I don't seem to remember owning a droid and looks at R2 and looks back. And it's like, yeah, he never did own R2. Not once. Not never. He technically never owned a droid at all. People who want to yell about R4 from the R5, R5. But I have a quick question R4. about that, Thomas. It, yes, sir. It is R4, yeah. It is R4. Uh, but Thomas, I have this specific question for you because I think you'll know the answer. When he says that, obviously, he doesn't remember owning a droid because he never owned R2. You're right. But do you think he's also, I mean, again, I don't, we don't know this, or maybe George knew it when he was writing, but do you think he's also just trying to keep playing coy because he knows oh, yeah. that like, you know, if, he can't Obi-Wan. spill the beans about Anakin right now. That's not, yeah. cause that's not his plan. Okay. I, cause that's what I read into yeah. it this time around after rewatching all, this whole, all this stuff. Yeah. I've always kind of read into it. Like he says that, but he looks at R2, he's always looked at R2 like, Oh boy. Yeah. Here. <laughs> right. Like we're in it. And it's just yeah. like a, I don't seem to, it's either that or you read it as, I have no idea what this droid is and I'm not (laughs) sure what's going on. And that just doesn't land. So Mm -hmm. those are the two ways you can interpret that look. And maybe it was just Alec Guinness looking like that originally. And now we're adding context and revisionist history. But does it matter? Because he has it it there. It's all there. It's so there. It's everything is there. He, when he's talking about Anakin and talks about Vader, he says, I was going to mention this. I love the vader was a pupil of mine yeah i love that vader was a he killed your father and the clone like i just i love the way he tells that that story and right that whole scene to me like my favorite alec guinness moment moment is him explaining the force and i know that those are lines are written but just the way that he delivers them it sounds like he is just telling us he brings it to life it and things get more complicated as the movies go on of course but he tells you in like three sentences like this is all you need to know and me as an audience member i'm like yes yes i i'm in i i know i I, the force of course (laughs) nice um moving on i do love the anakin skywalker luke skywalker attitude parallels that happen in the cantina uh before we get there i just want to shout out aunt beru like the whole time she's looking at Luke and looking at Owen and is like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's, it's not too far away. And then she's like needling him and he's like, come on. Oh, and he's not going to stay around here forever. He's too, you know, he's a boy. He wants to get out. He's too much like his father. That's what worries me. 
So, so it's like, ooh. Aunt Baru looks just like my Aunt Barb, by the way. Like my Aunt Barb today, like how she looks now. So shout out yeah. Aunt Barb who lives in St. Louis. You were always in Star Wars to me. Aunt Barbaroo, shout out. Uh, <laughs> I love the best, the, uh, the best Aunt Baru moment is the, uh, when her and Uncle Owen just, just like, just a craw on his, whatever, just a burr on <laughs> his saddle. What, like, he's just so upset. And she's, she's all like, oh, Luke, he's just not a farmer. Like, he's got too much of his father in him. And Uncle Owen, that's, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Like, it's just, yeah, I, get on my page, lady. Yeah, their interaction, he better have those droids cleaned up in all the south ridge by midday like i just (laughs) yeah he really and uh shout out to um oh my gosh joel edgerton for because he played him perfectly 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 cast you can tell they've had like been in a relationship forever oh yeah yeah (laughs) like you did his father Um, yeah exactly but yeah so when uh they go to the cantina and luke inside of there the whole not the whole time but like the beginning is like okay yeah he's luke and then when he sits down and it's him and han at the table and he's like feeling comfortable and safe and it's like ten thousand ten thousand we can almost buy our own ship for that and i'm like all right anakin and the look the look from uh obi-wan there that was a really I, I, good mark hamill i was just saying <laughs> <laughs> it's not like i haven't done his voice before I want to go to Atashi Station and get power converters. Get some power converters. I'm trying to think of other quotes, but we'll get there. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Um, so he, the look from Obi-Wan that he gets is just like, <laughs> just like your father. And it's just, it's that look all along the way. And he does a couple things that I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but I'm struggling. That like shows compassion and stuff. And it's like, oh, look, there's, there's Padme. And he gives him a little look, and I'm like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Love it. Um, uh, also in the cantina, obviously, Luke, uh, not Luke, Han Solo is the smoothest, most badass, first shooting motherfucker in the just, goddamn I galaxy. love the arms out on the chair. He's just like, they show up. 15, 15, or what does he say? 10,000 credits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 10,000 credits? We can buy a ship for that. And then Obi-Wan, of course, is... No, how about two thousand here and fifteen thousand when yeah. wherever we land? My favorite when when Luke says we can buy our own ship for that. Uh, Han Solo says, "Well, who's gonna fly it, kid? You?" Yeah, <laughs> like I'm. So what's he say? I'm a pretty good pilot myself. Yeah, like, I'm not such a bad pilot myself. Yeah, yeah. it's very, like, very Jake Lloyd kid. energy. <laughs> it is. It's got. I'm a builder. Energy. I'm a builder. You know. Actually, can I bring that up? I have. A, I have one. A gripe. And I've never, I've never noticed it until watching it this time. Maybe you guys can help me out. But it, I've never watched the movies in this order before. I've never watched going episode one, two, three. All I've wow. always watched in release order because to me that is the right way. That's just the way Same. to do it. That's the way the story was meant to be told. Anyways, thumbs down. I know you're poo-pooing that, Thomas. There is a line that when Uncle Owen buys C-3PO, he goes, "Hey." I need you to talk to, I forget what he says. Uncle Owen to me, just like, he just says stuff in his voice and I, it just goes right over my head. Do you speak Bocce? You speak Bocce? And this is what C-3PO says. He goes, Bocce, my first job was working with binary load lifters. When did that happen? Because Anakin built C-3PO because he is a builder. We know this. We know this. When do we see him working with these binary load lifters? Okay. Never. 
because he gets mind wiped for the first time in forever at the end of episode oh, three. Oh, so yeah. so his first job, quote unquote, was like immediately following that he started yeah. hanging out with these binary load mm-hmm. lips. Interesting. I had forgotten that note. Okay. George threw that perfect. in. No gripes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, George threw that in there because he'd be like, "Well, why wouldn't like why wouldn't C three PO say some shit?" Basically. Still, though, why wouldn't Uncle Owen know? I mean, he didn't look exactly golden like that in episode two, but Aunt Brew and Uncle, Uncle Owen Uncle were Owen, in, they they were never, in episode two. Think, they, yeah, yeah, C-3PO but they was working the, on the farm. I don't think they met the droids, no, though. No, they did. No. They were working on Three, that farm. 3PO was working on the farm. Oh. He was there with Shmi, and he had like... Yeah, but Baru black, and like, Owen were there, silver. too, because that's the first people that they meet, right? Yeah, but that's like twenty something years ago, right? That's twenty true. I I twenty four years ago, and they're old. Like, okay, Jack, how old are you? Like twenty two or something. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So twenty four years ago, I was six. I don't remember everything. I don't yeah, remember every yeah. person and robot that was around at that time. Well, also, let me say. Also, go ahead, I'm go I'm gonna be honest. I think Owen's a little droidist. I'm not sure. Oh, absolutely, he is. That one over there, <laughs> the little yeah. R2 unit rolls along. Yeah, one explodes and no one cares. It's like, look, you got a bad motivator. This one sucks. Uncle Owen, this one's got a bad motivator. Hey, what are you trying <laughs> to pull Owen? on us? <laughs> what about that one? <laughs> Wait, oh, the best Jawa line in this movie is when Uncle Owen turns up. He's like, "What are you trying to pull on us?" He goes, "Where." <laughs> i love jawas so much like They're great it's it's oh, because man. of this movie i love jawas i love that they roll around in this like this city on wheels and they're these little hooded dudes like i just I, they're awesome they're awesome the least aerodynamic ship in star wars is driven by these oh, little tiny God. things just so this big slow. rectangle rolling along across the desert but let, let me say let me say this real quick by the way about the continuity in star wars and tom was like making it make sense Star Wars is not like the MCU. It was not built off of continuity. Like that's like that's the staple of the MCU, and that's what makes it great, along with the characters as well. Star Wars, like honestly, with Star Wars, just give me good stories. Like it, it, not everything has to connect. Not everything has to line up. Like that again, that's not what Star Wars was at the beginning. And George never gave a shit about continuity. I think it's pretty clear at many points in the prequel trilogy. So uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I think he gave no, him. no. Actually, actually, Jack, I think he gave too many shits about continuity. Well, well actually, fine. I can pull up a quote. It might take me a little bit, real quick. But he had a certain a certain comment about continuity, and I forget what it was. But I'll have to pull it up. But yeah, it's at times, Klein. I think it was if he did care about continuity, he's like, oh, this will be a fun connection. <laughs> but like, it, it's not like like deeply innately writing this so it connects and it all leads to an Avengers movie <laughs> type of <laughs> like continuity stuff. And that's where Disney went left. Uh, <laughs> Something my, I want to talk about before we like jump around or before we, I guess, finish. We are jumping around. Would yeah, be, we're jumping. I know. Well, no, but we're hyper jumping or space jumping. Why am I hyper? Hyper, hyper, hyper jump. George, okay. George said that continuity is for wimps. Ah, you tell him, George. You tell him. <laughs> I'm a builder. This is my robot. Um, I love George so much. Something I do really, really, really want to mention here is, and it it ends up getting played to death because Star Wars, but the music in this film is like absolutely insane. I just want to touch on that, that like John, like 
every iconic i mean we have gotten more iconic star wars themes but like i would say the top like the main staples are all here and then they take bits and pieces of them and put them elsewhere throughout the franchise like i there's no low moment in the score in this movie it is absolutely insane whether it's the star wars theme to open the movie hearing that like is just so good the force theme binary sunsets binary sunset give it to me all day just inject that shit in my veins i am into it i love it you get a little bit of leia's theme here just like a tiny little tiny bit um and then of course the yellow bomber jacket celebration music at the end i throne room baby throne room love that song so much that was my alarm for like six years for that was like i gotta wake up amped and ready to go hit me with some throne room um, Mine was let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> we like a, a very time. different vibe some, when we wake up. Some drowning up pool <laughs> early in the morning. Let the bodies hit the... Yeah! Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Get crazy with this. Come on. A new hope question. Are you ready? Let's do it. It's a You're question that's been hope. asked a million times. A new times. hope for 300, please. Are you ready? Who shot first? It's motherfucking Han Solo. So Ooh, we're Jack. getting there. We're getting there, Jack, right? Who shot first? Who did? Who did it? I watched it. It looks it's pretty close. Before I give my answer, my favorite little they added something to the special edition when this thing went on oh Disney my God, Plus. Yes. I've got yes. we we need to McClunky. do some special edition talk. Oh, we will. But McClunky. Greedo says McClunky for absolutely no reason. It was all part it of the is, original vision, Jack. It, it was. Honestly, I love McClunky. McClunky in there. Oh, I bet you have McClunky. Like, why? There's no point. Han shot first, though. Special edition talk, I guess, starts now. Um, do I kick a favorite off special? Or... Okay, another question for you. Favorite or least favorite special edition moment in this movie? Mm. Least favorite, uh, because I noticed it this time in 4K. How fucking choppy that Han Solo random oh, new yeah. edition job of the hut oh, scene dude, is. that has nothing to do with 4k that has always always <laughs> oh, killed me so i no. hate it i i just noticed like, as it he just Whoa. like as he trips up over the tail not not that though not just that when he walks in front of him if you oh, look at him yeah and it's literally like he's lost fingers like, i love the you guys I love have seen points. that scene without i have the yes. cgi job yeah the hut, with the right? guy yeah. With the guy, yeah, it's so. I love weird when he how points at him, this. and he, they've like they've overlaid this like shadow on top of Jabba, and he's pointing, and it looks like he's like just he's not even pointing at the right direction. Like he's looking as if the thing's beside him, but it looks very much like Jabba's kind of behind him. It is weird. I hate the him walking over the table or tail though. That is the yeah. least, my least favorite Star Wars thing ever. I hate yeah, it. The, the scene ends with him saying, "Jabba, you're a wonderful human being." I know. Wait, I love that so much. I love it so much. It actually kind of works. I'm not gonna lie. It, oh, it totally worked for him because he'd be like, "Jabba, you're a wonderful human being," and then just walks Jabba away. Like, it's like, "Fuck you." Yeah, fuck you. Ah, Jabba, the Wookie, the Wookie, nipple pinchy solo. Um, Klein Jack, doesn't what know about where that's from? What about your? Uh, what about your least favorite or favorite special edition additions? Well, we covered the Han stuff, and I'll go alike. Uh, but there's one when the, the stormtroopers are in the desert, kind of like looking for the droids. Oh, I hate. <laughs> well, no, but there's there's one stormtrooper on like what is it a do back, and he's yeah. like, yeah. Whoa! 
like trying to control it. They made it's they made a Lego funny. set about that specific like scene, and I had it. Of course they did. Of course they did. I actually kind of like that. I got a good chuckle out of me. Oh, I hate. I can't stand it. I can't. Mm-hmm. There's so many dumb. I don't know why George did some of the stuff that he did with the special editions, wow. because like there's some really weird stuff where there's just shots, and you'll see like a terrible cgi tiny ship fly by in a window like it's not even the sky Mm -hmm. it's just a little window outside and it's like what was the point of that okay the one that i noticed for the first time ever and i was like i kind of hate that because it stands out like a sore fucking bantha in a in a sarlacc pit (laughs) it was it's when they stormtroopers are coming up to kenobi and luke when they're sitting in the speeder and it's uh you know these ones really do looking for somewhere in that little 30 second to 60 second scene there's like a random ass cgi alien that flies around the corner and behind and goes away like yes yeah like, yeah what the fuck or they literally one of my took favorites. me out of this scene it, i was like what is the that scene before they enter the cantina yeah. and they're standing on the street and a big like lumbering alien walks right in front of the camera and blocks them for a second and like it just walks right on through it's not a wipe it just walks right on through it like what was mm-hmm. the point of that yeah yeah i don't know i i don't i don't know uh a uh, uh, rose that i love is the um i enjoy the updated x-wing effects yeah. there when they're yeah. assembling and they added a bunch of them too yeah, uh, like in there's that one shot where they're getting ready to do the trench run. They added like there's a good many instead mm-hmm. of the nine or ten or whatever were there. I've never seen the original cut of these movies. I would really? love to. Dude, I've never, cut, never seen. Maybe I I'll ship my version because I have it on DVD. Maybe I'll ship it to you. Whoa, they whoa, put whoa, out whoa. the originals on DVD. The original no, version, like it. the original cut. He found it. He bootlegged it. I don't know how I have it, but I have it. Like I, I, I have what I'm to It's Here's weird. What I'm hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It's weird because like so. Skipping to Return of the Jedi real quick. I remember one time I had the disc in. I thought it was the original, but I remember seeing a special edition in there. But then later in the movie, where I knew there was a special edition, there wasn't one. So I could be getting my memories crossed. So I don't know for sure. I have to check. Fuck, where were we at? Um, I don't know. Uh, uh. So let's go ahead and jump to one of my favorite things. Uh, it's just a little little nuance here. Leia's in the cell, 2187, and is freed. I love the parallel to Finn being yeah. a captive stormtrooper, t- uh, designation 2187, and is also freed from the First Order based on a choice, though. He gets to have the choice to do it. Fuck yeah, man. I love that. Han yeah. is the first person in Star Wars ever to say this is where the fun begins. Yes, he is. Also, don't they say that? Um, don't. Oh, I think Luke says something very, very. Oh, no, I've got a bad feeling about this. This is the first time yeah. we hear that as well, because yep. we hear that in every movie. But Luke says, I thought it was Han who says it, which he does say it very just before that. Luke says something like, I've got a very bad feeling about this. Like, it's so close. It's so close. Mm. And I thought, oh, I thought Han said that. But say, Levy. I think it's said three times in this movie, by the way. Yeah. And then it's said Everybody's over and over and over, and over and over again. 
By the way, great conversation, great dialogue. Harrison Ford. Everything good here. Situation normal. What oh happened? We had a slight weapons malfunction, but you know, blah 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 blah. And he's like, "Who is this? What's your operating number?" He shoots it. He's like, "Oh, it's a boring conversation anyway." It's just so Peak. good. It's Peak. so good. Love you, and, Harrison Ford. And he decided to improvise that because he's like, "I this sounds too." He's like, "This sounds too like whatever." And he's like, "Ah, I'll just do whatever I want. Fuck yeah. it, George will keep it." <laughs> As we start to kind of wind down and wrap up and yes. thinking about ranking these movies, I will say one moment in this film. Let's go around the circle and kind of do one moment that we love. Mine's silly. Okay. It is really dumb. I love seeing the stormtrooper hit his head on the door every single time. Yes. If you don't know what I'm talking about, in the Death Star, there's a group of stormtroopers and the door is like just a little too low and one of them nails his forehead and it's funny every time I see it. Kept and I know it it's in. coming every time. <laughs> They kept it in the special editions too, which is just great. It's great. Um, it is fantastic. I, Jack, your it, secret delight. What is something that yeah. you enjoy, Ooh. you you love about this movie? A little little thing. Oh, Ooh, a little thing. Uh, it's well, not really it little. It not be anymore. little. It could be Death Star sized potentially, if if that's where you want to go. <laughs> that's what she said. Um, I'm gonna go this time around, especially the Obi Wan Vader fight. Uh. Strike me down, and I'll speak. I'll become more powerful than ever. I'm so so, bad with lines. I'm terrible. (laughs) But Thomas, strike me down, and you shall be. You talked about this, Thomas, and how this Vader is different from Obi Wan. He's more fully Mm -hmm. formed. He's almost like measured in a way. Like, yeah, he's still got like that anger and that rage and drive, but it's more pulled back. It it might be because Tarkin's there holding his leash, as Leia says. But um, there's some. So when he's fighting Obi Wan, he says, uh, "We meet again at last. The circle is now complete." When I left you, I was but the learner, but now I'm the master. It's because he's he's like he's even more entrenched in the dark side. And then now now Obi Wan when he says only a master of evil, Darth. Mm. Oh my gosh! And then of course when Luke says Ben, and he sees Luke and Leia, and he gets gets like a grin on his face, and he looks at Vader, and it, and it's not just he's looking at Vader; he's looking at Anakin. Like like it's like. Uh, the amount of thoughts that were probably rushing through Obi-Wan's mind in that moment and then the sacrifice, it this is what I'm saying. I put out a tweet uh, not too long ago saying that, you know, the MCU is really good at retroactively making other past projects look a lot better, seem a lot better, feel better, uh, better in general. In Star Wars, it's not talked about as much, but I mean, you think about Clone Wars, think about Rebels. Um, the prequels in some ways, not as much, but uh, Rogue One, now Obi-Wan Kenobi, Mando, all just like, it's all coming together. So that moment just, it hit so hard. And uh, yeah, that's my Death Star sized love of this movie. Thomas, what's something that just, what's something that just tickles your fancy? Just makes you just, ooh, I like that. We're staying here at Vader Kenobi fight. It's more physical than I ever thought. I always remember just them like yeah. playing with the tips, basically, and it's you see the restraint. <laughs> it looks that... so it looks so funny from what we've like seen since then. Obviously, like it and it sounds so funny too. Just this like clank, clank, like clank. just like yeah, hitting, yeah. like you can hear them hitting these like big plastic rods together <laughs> because they couldn't cut out the sound, even in the special editions, which I kind of dig actually. It adds like a little layer to the top, but the yeah. restraint that both of them have is very intriguing when you consider their last fight in Kenobi. Right, Kenobi's not looking to take Vader down here. He's only looking 
to play with him and draw a fight long enough to distract him and join the force. Uh, Vader doesn't press his need for victory uh, and he's patient, which is now I, I love the line of when I left you, I was but the learner, but now I am the master. When he left Obi-Wan, I have the high ground baiting him in. Don't try it. Uh, you underestimate my power, the need to prove himself. In Kenobi, it's the same damn thing. The need to prove himself and prove that he's better and stronger than Kenobi and that he is, he is the Sith Lord. But this time, he doesn't need to do that. He understands that with patience, he will take Kenobi down. And he's also not willing to get too crazy because he sees that Obi-Wan is just baiting him, baiting him, baiting him. And that is the mastery that he's learned at this point, if you ask me. And then when it's time and he looks over, you know, and he gives himself off to the force, Kenobi does. The little thing that I love that I noticed this time, Leia is shocked and scared. And she looks up at that moment. It's no. <clears throat> Hold on. Let's see if I can pull off a Luke Skywalker. No. Nailed it. And you look and it cuts. And I, I paused it. I rewound it and paused it a bunch of times. Leia looks and on her face is, oh, no. Like, oh, God, he's gone. And then she's the one consoling Luke. Like, immediately. She never gets to really grieve. She literally loses her mom, her dad, and her uncle Obi-Wan. Like, mm -hmm. in the same damn day. And her people. like And her whole planet. Yeah. And it is so, especially everything um, that we saw in Kenobi adds, like, an extra weight to both to that scene. We've always seen the memes like in his final moments obi-wan saw ben uh, uh, saw luke skywalker and leia organa the twins finally reunited and that's when he dies and it's like yeah and now it hits on a whole different deeper emotional level i will jump ahead a little bit and say in the comics leia is fucking angry dude leia borderlines on the dark side if you ask me because she's willing to sacrifice luke skywalker multiple times like i know it's it's hard to explain but if you boil it down and oversimplify it she's willing to sacrifice luke skywalker to kill vader to kill someone else to take down wow. the empire because she has been driven to the line that you may never come back from and there's an issue where she ends up no there's a better way because she has a vision of everyone she loves in her group dying being dead and she's like no there'll be another day we'll have to get him back to the, like and it's really beautiful how it's done because it's slow it's a slow build to that point and it's all from this moment from this point forward she's got nobody left she's leading everyone and it's it's heartbreaking shout out leia organa are we, are we wrapped for... I think we should thoughts? rank these movies. I think we oh should boy. rank the fuck out of these. It's time, it's, it's time, everybody, for your favorite segment. Not just kidding. The ranking section. <laughs> so as it stands right now, the official, the official Reckless Rebellion ranking sits at Star Wars Episode Two, the worst movie. Star Wars Episode One, the second worst movie, right? No, no, other way around. No. Other way around. Other way around. Yes. Okay. That's yours. So it is at, 
at number five, including the new ones. So at number, or I guess right now we only have three ranked. We have we four have, ranked with Rogue. We four have four. So we at number it. four is episode one. At number three is episode two. At number two is episode three. And at number one is Rogue One. Yeah. So Thomas, mm-hmm. where are you going to put Rogue One on your ranking? Rogue One is number one. Josh shocked. Uh, Rogue One is my number one. So Thomas, when we did our own personal rankings back, when was that? February, March. It was, it was March. sometime after that Mandalorian two point five show, whatever that was called. It was, it was definitely when? March. It was definitely the March. one with the scooters. Um, I was with you all the way. Thomas and David had Rogue One. Not low, but lower than both of us. I had it as my number two Star Wars movie of all time. I think when this is all said and done now, I think it might be my number three favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Rewatching A New Hope. And this is, I'm not saying this movie is better than Rogue One at all. I do think Rogue One is a better made movie. I am doing, I'm playing with my heart. I am playing with what I love about these movies. And I love, but like, this is so hard. I'm so happy we've put the trash behind us because like <laughs> these are genuinely amazing movies. You watch either of these movies, you're going to have so much fun. But watching episode four this time around hit me harder than it ever has. And I was like, I think this might, maybe possibly we'll have to watch Empire Strikes Back. Might be my favorite Star Wars movie ever made. Whoa. Oh, I'm putting wait. episode four as my number one. Wow. It doesn't mean nice. anything for the official rankings. The official rankings currently stand now. Number one, a Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. Number two, episode four. Number three, episode three. Right? Yep. Yes. Number four, episode number two. Three, episode number four, episode two. And number five is episode one. Yeah. Next Come week, on. do your homework, episode five. Yes. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and, and shout out David. David needs to get back on the rewatch. He had a little vacay. We need to make sure that he watches Rogue One and a New Hope so these rankings aren't skewed in any way from someone who didn't do their rewatching stuff. Uh, but right now, as it sits, Klein is the only uh, one who differentiates from the group. I mean, we don't know David's for sure, but Thomas, you and I have the exact same rankings. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, I'm very excited for next week. Uh, oh basically, my gosh. One like of the best at, movies ever made. Like, if not course. the best movie ever made. <laughs> in, my, in my pre-rewatch rankings, Rogue One and Empire are one and two. So I get my number one and number two Star Wars films in back-to-back Amazing. weeks. Like, are you fracking kidding me, dude? I get that, but starting with next week. Because I had Empire at one and Return of the Jedi at two. And Thomas... I think I think that episode, that rewatch episode with Return of the Jedi, is the one I'm most excited for, just because of Thomas and where he had it ranked at number eight. Weird. I wish I could get the transcripts. If anyone listening out there want to DM me transcripts from that episode <laughs> of how much Thomas just threw, just threw Return of the Jedi under the get bus. Get the nephew on it. Send get them the to me so it. I can just <laughs> shove these words directly down this man's beautiful throat. <laughs> I am so excited for that transcript to come out and everyone realize how melodramatic this podcast is. 
because they just shit on me for not liking <laughs> Return of the Jedi. No, it's not I that you didn't like it. It's better that you, movie it's that you liked episode one better than episode six. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I didn't say it was the worst movie, did I? True. No, you didn't. Sure. You're right. You're right. You're right. Hey guys, I might have to watch Empire like in the next two days. Usually I try to wait till like Sunday or Monday uh, in the next week, but I'm so excited for Empire. I'm going to watch it doing Comic-Con coverage on the weekend. It's going to be great. Oh my God, that's right. There's so much going on this week. It's crazy. Watching John Krasinski getting get announced. Oh God. LOL. Um, <laughs> good luck with that, Chief. Uh, so yeah, we've we've ranked the shit oh my gosh. out of this. God, guys, we're doing it, man. We are. We, we are. are. Over, I can't believe we're this far. Way through. We have you know nine films, right? We got we got nine films. Yeah, we do. We, oh my gosh! And then you add Rogue One, and it's ten, and we've done five movies so far. And we you want to know what I was left. thinking, Thomas? Simply we're because watching done. these has gotten me in the Star Wars mood, and. I have been the lowest on this movie on this podcast. I think I'm gonna rewatch Solo. Oh, look oh at you! I would like to reevaluate it. I feel like I've learned a lot about myself in the last five weeks, and I would, you know, hmm. maybe like to see what this new client has to take away from Solo. Probably not a lot, but it, we'll get I there. genuinely think it's a good movie. I mean, it's not uh, like I don't think it's anything special necessarily. Okay, it's a good it's a, movie though. It's a good movie. It's an okay Star Wars movie. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's it, it's honestly the pace of that film reminds me of the pace of A New Hope. It is kind of <laughs> always going. Don't you don't you dare say that. <laughs> that's Klein's number one Star Wars you movie. Sh- yeah, you shut your mouth. <laughs> uh. No, I will not. Hey, I'm really, I'm really happy that Thomas the Tie Fighter didn't really make an appearance this week. That was, that's always nice. Yeah, fuck that guy. Ladies and gentlemen, and droids, we want to hear what you think about Rogue One and A New Hope. Be sure to let us know over on the Twitter at Reckless Rebels, and go ahead and send us your rankings of yeah. the rewatch so far, Episode One, Two, Three, Rogue One, and A New Hope. Uh, tweet at us again at Reckless Rebels, R E C K L E S S R E B E L S. Gentlemen, we have no news, do we? Oh, I see a hand raised. I wrote a Star Wars. I wrote a Star Wars news story today that was kind of funny, but you did. Well, we'll cover news because we'll have to go on the direct.com for that. But I did have a quick thing, guys. Uh, I also ranked because I watched Obi Wan Kenobi. I did rank Obi Wan in my rankings. So, real quick. Ooh. And this doesn't count for the official. I just wanted to throw it in there. If we're counting Obi Wan, before so you number- do, before you do it, Jack, yes, can yes. I? I'm, I'm going to ask Thomas something. Thomas, okay. is it over or under Revenge of the Sith? For him, for Jack, it's under. It's under. That's I think guess. it might be over. I think it might. Uh, I think. Wait. By under, you mean like below Revenge of the Sith? Is that how we're yeah. doing this? Okay. No, so so like, yeah. So I'm saying I think it's over. I think it's going to be above Revenge of the Sith. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, Jack, go ahead. Okay. So at number one, I have Rogue One. At number two, I have A New Hope. At number three, I have Revenge of the Sith. Damn it. 
And at number four, I have Obi-Wan Kenobi. Only because Revenge of the Sith is just so iconic. I thought about the score and I thought about their fight as good as Obi-Wan Kenobi is. And I mean, it is better overall. Like it's a better made thing. But yeah, Revenge of the Sith is too iconic. So I just want to throw that in there for funsies. Why not? I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Like a lot. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. Kenobi. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if I could. I want to. Who is the person that cut that whole show down to two and a half hours? And oh, where I is that? Link? No idea. Did yeah. somebody do that? Yeah. Somebody did that. Also, wow. um, I have some Topher, issues with that, though. Topher Grace oh, did a. Oh, yeah. He did the whole prequel. Of Revenge of the yeah. Sith, right? No, it was the whole prequels. He condensed the whole prequels into like a three-hour movie. Someone send me that link, please. Uh, that You can find me on social media to send me those links at TC Rochester Act. That is T-C-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R-A-C-T. Klein, where can everyone find you on social media? I'm at the Klein Felt everywhere. That's the word the, followed by K-L-E-I-N-F-E-L-T. Also, podcast services everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music. Go listen to Controller Club. It's a video game podcast that me and a couple of friends host. I try and stumble less over there. I'd like to say we're a little more buttoned up, but who knows? It usually results in me and Tom Drew from the direct.com pitching each other's Sweet Life of Zach and Cody games. But what can you do? <laughs> Hell yeah. Jack, Jack, where can everyone find you on the social media? You can find me on Twitter at Jack Pews, P-U-E-S. That's all one word. Guys, did we want to do like just like maybe even just like read the headlines of like two stories, two Star Wars stories? Uh, I feel like you really want to, Jack. So, yes, go ahead. sure. Go ahead. Let me lead you in with the Rebel Report. News, 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 news. sung along that time um well there was two that caught my eye uh klein it's it's sorry it's not yours we i will mention yours though there were two that caught my eye though the first one was that the director for loki again i just have the headline pulled up i forget her name does anyone uh kate heron thank you so much she's awesome uh loki director is rumored to helm an upcoming star wars disney plus show that show being uh yeah i believe yep it's the acolyte so the showrunner is leslie headland i believe so Mm -hmm. um yeah that's that's a rumor going around from making star wars and then also bespin bulletin gave some information on that um which i think that would be cool that'd be great i'm so excited for the acolyte i'm excited to know more about it Uh, but i guess we have to wait for that the other headline that's here is Darth Vader is rumored. Oh, I guess it's too late now. I guess spoiler alert. Maybe we can put this in before. Spoiler alert if you don't want to know any possible spoilers for an upcoming Star Wars show. I got you. This is Grand Admiral Mithron Yoroldo. And beyond this point lie spoilers. Proceed at your own risk. (laughs) That's Klein's favorite soundbite. It's his favorite one. I'd forgotten about that one. I'm going to be honest. I <laughs> we need to play it more. Um, even when we're not covering spoilers, just play it. Um, Darth Vader is rumored to appear in the Ahsoka series. And I know everyone's probably like, well, yeah, Jack, Hayden Christensen has been rumored to be in that for so long. We're not talking about Hayden Christensen here. We're talking about Darth Vader. In at least one significant scene, it could be a recreation 
of their fight from Rebels or just some fight in general. It's rumored to involve um, – oh, hang on. Vader's appearance is rumored to involve fighting as Tom O'Connell, who played Vader in the Obi-Wan Kenobi action scenes. He's going to be the actor playing him exclusively in this show. So – just throwing interesting yeah interesting look there's a lot we don't know about ahsoka since that fight like what she did in between that and when we see her in mando and book of boba fett so we could be getting a whole big backstory for what's been going on with her in those years that is exactly what i think is happening and we're going to enter speculation station get your tinfoil hats on i i think that's what it is uh if vader is going to be in an action scene and it's an ahsoka show the only thing I can think of would be if it's an Ezra Bridger fight with Vader. But that would be a really weird moment for a show called Ahsoka. Having Ezra there and then saving Rosario Dawson, Ahsoka, brings us into mm. the world between worlds. Here we go. There it is. Well, the only Everyone reason I drink. bring it up is- Every- <laughs> The only reason I bring it up is because I think it's going to play a very minor role. In the fact that she's traversed it before. Uh, so she knows how mm. Ezra can still be alive, etc. And we have no fucking clue what happens after that moment. Yep. And what happened up until... Actually, the only thing we know that's happened after that moment is that she has met the Mandalorian and met Grogu. And then went and talked to Luke on oh i should know this i just read i just read shadow of the sith son of a bitch um on the planet where he's rebuilding the temple Mm. and training grogu that's the only thing we know that's happened to ahsoka after she left the world between worlds with ezra everything else is five years ahead i have an idea technically oh hit me i have an idea uh i Thomas, I think what you said is exactly what's going to happen, and I would put my money on that. Um, and starting from that fight with Vader and Ezra and Ahsoka and the world between worlds, what if it's Ahsoka sensing something through the Force and she starts seeing visions and she is seeing a fight between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker on a certain Death Star number two, and she starts sensing Vader's redemption through the Force and him fulfilling his chosen one responsibilities. And that's how she knows to go start seeking out either Vader. Maybe she doesn't feel that Vader dies, but, you know, start seeking out Luke. And that's where this whole thing kind of kicks off. I don't know. That was just a thought I had. Mm. That's my new hope. And that's that's now headcanon. <laughs> oh, it'd be so sick. Uh, I don't know if I mean we could get both, by the way. We could get both. Don't you dare tease me with it. <laughs> Never mind. I ain't gonna finish that. Klein. Yes. Thoughts on what Jack just said. Oh, or I'm, thoughts on I'm, the I'm, article that you wrote, Klein, if you want to touch oh, on that. Well, uh no, that's okay. <laughs> I won't do okay. that to you all. Um, I will just say on that, you can go read it at thedirect.com. I will say diversity oh, yeah. is good. And if you are a sexist, racist piece of trash, stop being a sexist, racist piece of trash. That is all I will say. Uh, as for what Jack said, I'm into it. Like, I'm, I just want, we've heard so much about Ahsoka and so many rumors about Ahsoka. Like, I just want this series and I know it's still a ways away. Uh, but this is like my next, I feel like this is going to, 
for all of us who are so excited for Obi-Wan, this is going to be that next thing that we all latch on to. Like, this is that. This is for the Rebels fans out there. Yeah. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm into it. I'm excited. It's David, it's, watch Rebels. Yes, David, watch Rebels. Matt Remke, watch your Star Wars animation, uh, as you said you would. Um, it's funny you say that, though, Klein, because I remember I was listening to the direct podcast, and this is when Liam was still on. And I think it Who's was that? Liam. <laughs> Liam Crowley, he's just this verified guy on Twitter. No big deal. Um, over at comicbook.com. Um, he did mention, he, they were talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi and like the hype for it that was coming up. And he mentioned, he mentioned me, you know, no big deal. I got a shout out on the podcast. I'm not that cool. Calm down, everybody. Um, but he mentioned how like what WandaVision was for Matt, what Falcon and Winter Soldier was for Liam, like Obi-Wan Kenobi was that thing for me. And as close as it was, I would say, at least for Star, from a Star Wars perspective, that's what Obi-Wan was to like maybe you, Klein, or, or maybe David Thomas, I don't know about you. For me, that that specific comparison, knowing how much Matt loves WandaVision or just Wanda as a character, and same thing with Captain America for Liam, that's Ahsoka for me. Like that, that has always been like when I met David for the first time, we went to a little bar, Irish bar here uh, in Jacksonville. I remember we were talking about the future of Star Wars, and I just immediately said Ahsoka. I was like, oh, my, that is my show that I, I could not be more excited for it. So, it sucks we got to wait probably maybe a little less than a year at this point, but oh no, no, never mind. It's probably a year, maybe over a year. Um, it is what it is. Uh, I'm reading a quote from the, the Star Wars website, and the advice that Dave Filoni gave during an early session is imagine the live action version of the Grand Inquisitor came first, and that the animated material was an exaggerated version of the live action. David, watch Rebels. That is all. Amen. Uh, that's going to wrap us up here officially. Boy, oh boy. Uh, do you, do y'all have, we, I skipped it last week. Sorry, everyone. Recommendations for the audience. Guys, um, I don't know why anyone didn't tell me to watch this show earlier. The boys. I mean, it's great. What it's the fuck? Really good. <laughs> <laughs> I joke. I do. Um, I, I, I do. I was pushed and pushed and I, I don't know. I don't know why I was reluctant I just didn't watch the boys and everyone told me to watch the boys. They were like, Klein, this is like, this is your show. Like you're going to be so into it. And I was like, yeah, but TV don't watch it a ton. Um, <laughs> but guys, the boys is really good. I'm still only on the first season. Apparently it gets better every season. I don't know how that's possible. Cause I love it. 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 Um, that is all Jack you shit. Uh, Thomas, do you have one? Let me think. <laughs> I have more. I could just keep going. <laughs> Why not? I literally, watch, I cannot think of one. I know Nathan I for you guys. Nathan for you is really good. It's, <laughs> yes. on, it's on HBO Max. It is fantastic. It's a very great show. Or if you don't want to watch that, watch the rehearsal. Nathan Fielder's new show, Man's a Comedic Genius. Thomas, for recommendations. Absolutely. Uh, you all should definitely watch Sonic 2. It's a good film. Oh, yeah and jack it's funny it's funny jack was just talking about earlier how like his moment will be ahsoka my moment was sonic the hedgehog too like i got everything i could ever want out of that movie i have my recommendation now but if you guys want to keep talking about sonic too please it's so good idris elba's knuckles inspired choice he's he's knuckles he is Knuckles. i did not know that that's awesome <laughs> oh i remember bob's burgers the fucking movie man Biggest I, movie 2022. Let's uh, go. It is. It, uh, it's. It's in my 
top five non superhero films of the movie of the year so easily and it, it i love it more than i do multiverse of madness which i also fucking love right this movie takes you on a ride takes you on a, a ride under a pier over top of it and maybe just maybe somebody adheres to their moral compass or doesn't i klein have you seen it yet no i have not watched the you... biggest movie 2022 yet no i haven't <sighs> You are an unlucky schmuck, and when you it's find funny, that, I'm going. When you I find can't that wait. Line, oh, I cannot wait. wait. I'm excited. I'm gonna sit down and watch it. Bob's Burgers, one of my favorite TV shows ever. I love it. I love that show. I'm excited to watch the movie. I'm just gonna say I'm really upset because I can't sing one of the songs right now because you don't know what it is. And all I'm gonna say is you'll be. We could have done it if you were a lucky duck. I'm excited. Jack, Jack, Jack. Recommendations, and let's get out of here. Uh, my recommendation is the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, every summer, uh, my family, uh, I guess my fiance now, we've been doing it since we started dating. Uh, we do a Harry Potter rewatch. So I'm kind of doing that too. Um, before It used to be before school started. I'm technically still in school, but just before the summer ends, toward the end of summer. Um, those movies rock. We're, we've watched the first three, and Prisoner of Azkaban is just... <clears throat> So good. I do like the book more. That's the one little little nugget I have for Prisoner of Azkaban. But um, it only gets better. I think the last four movies are like my top four in, in no particular order. Just my top four of those movies. Besides Prisoner of Azkaban. Besides Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, switch that out for part one of Deathly Hallows. But um, yeah. It, it, another wonderful, creative, imaginative world that uh, I love the characters of so much. So there you go. Too bad J.K. Rowling sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame. Well, this is why we separate the art from the artist. Because uh, otherwise you can't watch half the stuff in the world that you watch. That we watch. Mm. I mean, good God. But next week we are watching episode five. The debut of the Imperial March. The Empire Strikes Back. Sentient and droids, we've reached the end of this episode. Remember to find us and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Anchor while you're at it. But while you're there, remember that the Force is your ally and a powerful ally it is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was podcasting. Yippee!